Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited to have you here for today's episode because I have the great privilege of having one of my best friends on the podcast. Her name is Anna Parks. She's got a ton of different certifications and abbreviations behind her name because she is one smart cookie, but we're talking about a really important topic today around the PTSD of sexual assault. Hope you enjoy. So I'm so excited to have a very close and good friend of mine, Anna Parks, on the podcast today. Anna is a very good friend. We go way back to college and we were in the same sorority and we're still just such good friends to this day. And this is definitely a topic that we connected on together very early on. And so I think this is just such, it means so much to have her on the podcast and just to kind of really have a chance to really reflect and obviously be able to share your expertise. But yeah, Anna, if you wanted to introduce yourself and just talk a bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Anna. <laughs> nice to meet you, Liz. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm Anna. I live in Seattle, Washington. I work as a board certified behavior analyst at a private nonprofit school for kids with autism. And yeah, just happy to be here and chatting with you. We chat every Sunday, so it just feels like it's (laughs) right on schedule. Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, and so I think we'll just kind of jump into today's topic, and obviously, we both know that it's Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Mm -hmm. Month, which is something that we are both just so passionate about in uplifting the voices of women and just obviously speaking about just how important this topic is. And so, obviously, I've shared quite a bit with my personal story with sexual assault. And, you know, you and I have spoken quite a bit about our experiences. And a lot of the reason that, you know, I wanted to have you on the podcast is really to share kind of that element of kind of looking at these experiences and looking at kind of the aftermath. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people may not talk about this as much. And I think it's a really important topic to hone in on. And so um, I'd love for you to share what you feel um, you'd like to share in terms of your personal experience with sexual assault and then we can kind of get into the PTSD of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's actually interesting because well, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but so I was sexually assaulted when I turned 19 in college. And of course that did have its lasting effect. But then I also had a relationship probably a year or two after that, that was just very toxic and unhealthy. And so like, it came to be that I started realizing it was probably a sexually abusive relationship. And I didn't really realize that until I was like, until I was talking to my friends about it. And you know, that has all the fun stuff of gaslighting and emotional abuse and manipulation. And it was actually interesting because when I sought out counseling for it, my counselor, she brought up the state laws around what classifies something as sexual assault. And it has three different degrees. And I wish I had them with me today, but I don't. I remember her reading what third degree sexual assault was. And it was exactly what my partner did to me, which is weird because I was in a relationship with him. So I would have never thought like, wow, he's actually raping me. But it does go into the nitty gritty of like, I was coerced and manipulated. And against my will, he we engaged in these acts that I wasn't comfortable with. So that's kind of my experience in a nutshell. Yeah. And I think this is definitely such an important topic to talk about just because obviously this is, you know, there are different elements and different types Mm -hmm. of sex 
sexual assault. And I think that Mm -hmm. sometimes the lines get blurred. And especially if you're in a relationship with someone that definitely kind of, you know, is confusing. And I'm, I'm sure that that was a very confusing thing kind of being in in that situation at the time, and not Mm -hmm. really having, you know, the proper resources. And I think that that's something that I always kind of think of is just, I wish that we talked about sexual assault from a lot earlier of Mm -hmm. an age, because I feel like we didn't really start talking about it until like the middle of my college experience, at least Mm -hmm. I think. So kind of moving into when you got out of that relationship, is that kind of when the PTSD kind of side effects start to affect you? I would say so. It was, I, I think I didn't realize it at first. I was happy. And as toxic relationships go, I left the relationship and then I went back in it and gave them another chance. Um, and the same type of behavior happened. So I left it. And it was, uh, it was very painful because I did care for him. And of course, like he did the, he would turn things and make it seem like it's my fault. And like, I was doing all these wrong things. And like, the last thing I would ever want to do is hurt someone. So I got kind of out of that situation, which was good. And then I uh, was single and I was ready for a relationship and it's something I wanted. So I went on the dating apps as we do. (laughs) And I was on them for probably, you know, two years, two and a half years before my current relationship I'm in. And I started to notice like I just had levels of anxiety around the guys I was seeing. And if we were physical, if we were not physical, if they touched me, if they didn't touch me. And it was it was I just got to a point where I was like, this doesn't feel like normal or healthy. And if I am really looking for a relationship and a healthy relationship, I think I should like address this and figure out what this is because I don't think I'm able to have a healthy relationship if I'm experiencing these things. And I just remember the first guy I dated after that experience, I remember like he took me up in the volunteer park observatory, super romantic. And we sat on a bench and I sat on like the opposite side of him, which is like, he kind of looked at me weird. And I was like, okay, like something's going on. Mm, Yeah, I think I've definitely I think I've told you about an experience that I always think of in terms Mm -hmm. of like, I think I I was on a date with a guy and it was like a movie date. And it Mm -hmm. was it was totally fine. He treated me like a gentleman. And then he walked Mm -hmm. me to the door of my apartment that I was living in at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was just something like every every part of me wanted to kiss him. But it was just that that touch of like how Mm -hmm. he put his hand on my back and pulled me in that suddenly just sent me spiraling back to that Mm -hmm. night of that sexual Mm -hmm. assault for me and it's it's such a weird because it feels like sometimes you feel like you have a handle on it it feels like you know this Mm -hmm. experience doesn't bother me anymore and it doesn't right it affects me as much but it's like it kind of comes up in different random triggers and I think it's only Mm -hmm. when you learn those triggers over time that you can really better understand it I guess yeah no definitely I 100% agree I think I also what I did is I think I minimized like how much it affected me and I think part of that was like wanting to shove it down and move on another part of it was like I don't know like you said we didn't talk about sexual assault growing up and all I really knew about 
you know, sexual assault or rape is what I saw in media. And that's, you know, that's a scary guy coming out of the dark and he has a knife. And I just felt like to call my experiences, you know, sexual assault wasn't true or fair. I'm like, no, because like, it wasn't the guy in the dark with the knife. It was someone where I was dating. It was someone I met at a party. So yeah. 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 And what does kind of when you're looking at your own personal experiences and your own personal, especially experiences with just the post-traumatic stress of this Mm -hmm. experience with your sexual assault and just in this relationship, what are some of the initial like psychological things that you're kind of thinking of, especially kind of from the, your professional perspective, I guess. So I think like, if like a symptoms, it was like, I, uh, I would go on a date with a guy And I would just be, I would feel like I have to pace and I have to walk around and I have to move. And it's like kind of this, like I'm breathing really fast and this shaky feeling. And it wasn't something I could shake. Like I would talk to my friends, you know, we analyze every single text and, oh, what do you say? Was he looking at you? And they'd reassure me like, Anna, it sounds like it was a nice date. It sounds like he likes you. But I would panic because I did have sex with him. So that means he's gonna end things and that's all he wanted for me because that's something I believe or I didn't have sex with him so he's gonna end things because I didn't and that's all he wants for me and my therapist what she called them and she called them stuck points are like these beliefs that you get stuck on and you start to tell yourself and believe and for me that was you know like all guys like want that, you know, to have sex with you. And whether you do or not, like makes you wrong or like something's wrong with you either way. And I just like, it was just an anxiety I couldn't like shake or control. And when I noticed it and like trusting guys get close to me, you know, not sitting next to them, I'm like, okay, Like, I think I should at least reach out and see what's going on. And I had this therapist that I've worked with in the past um, on depression. And so my first visit in, she went through this checklist. They have a, it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and for anxiety or depression and you like check your different symptoms and how often you're having them. And she did that. And I didn't know it was for PTSD, but that's what it was. And she's like, yeah, you have PTSD. And what was interesting was she... She teaches from, she works a lot with military and veterans. So she teaches a lot from a manual that helps veterans that are experiencing PTSD from war. But it's interesting that me, you know, a young female who hasn't experienced much of life is like kind of experiencing those same things of like my body would like shut down and I would go numb and it was like that fight or flight it felt like that panic and that freaking out or I would just like shut down and I would be numb and I wouldn't let myself have feelings for them and my friends would be like oh my god how'd it go and I would just be like fine and that's like all they could get out of me because I didn't I was scared I was terrified. Yeah, I think something that I always think of when I'm thinking about like my specific sexual assault experience was just the out of body experience that I had. Mm -hmm. And it's such it was such a weird thing to me in that moment, because I never experienced anything like it. But it just Mm -hmm. felt like I left my body. And I was just like focusing on every element of the room. And Mm -hmm. it's just so weird that like, to this day, I can tell you every detail of that room, I can tell you what Mm -hmm. was on the computer screen, that was lit up and it was just such it's so weird when your body does do that where it kind of goes into that fight or flight mode and Mm -hmm. it's really just like 
trying to protect you as much as possible because Mm -hmm. there's something in your brain or something that's kind of triggering and saying, we need to protect ourselves because we're in danger Mm -hmm. and our body's in Mm -hmm. danger. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's not much we can do. And so it's kind of pulling at whatever it can possibly do. But it's that's quite a like very interesting and like sad like thing I think to hear as well. It's just like when you're comparing when it's like your therapist, that's someone that's kind of specializes in PTSD for people that are like war veterans that like, Mm -hmm. you know, some of those experiences are similar to people that experience sexual assault. It's just like... Mm -hmm such a sad thing but like it's so unfortunate to say that I'm not surprised mm-hmm. you know just because yeah. it's so sad yeah and just like how your body responds like it just it's yeah it's crazy I remember like for example like the first time I had sex with that unhealthy relationship I went to the bathroom and I started crying immediately and I just like I knew I didn't want to do it I didn't want to do it and you almost go like like I don't know I know you're not going to show video, but like numb. Yeah. (laughs) You're kind of like re to reiterate that. And it's just like a guy would start, you know, making out with me and I feel like I would go stiff and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's very interesting how the body responds because your body remembers. And like you said, it's just trying to protect you. Yeah. And what's, what is that looked like for you kind of over the years? Because I think I, one of my recent episodes, as you know, was kind of reflecting on like that five-year mark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously like that first year, I think is probably the toughest. And then you kind of go yeah. year by year and it gets like just the teensiest bit easier, but it's still a really mm-hmm. emotional thing that like I reflect on. But I think in terms of like my triggers, a lot of those mm-hmm. have like really drastically gone away, especially Especially when I got to like year four and year five. What does that look like? Right. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think I got any better until I went through therapy. And it's interesting. I was thinking before I hopped on this Zoom call, it's been about a year since I, she, you go through different modules. I completed all the PTSD modules. I remember it was April and I told my therapist, I was like, oh, this is perfect. It's sexual assault awareness month. But I think once I went through that, which you know, it was a lot of hard work. And, you know, talking about really things that you don't want to talk about, but you have to let out. And I think like, this is kind of on topic, but an off topic, but interesting to note is like, I, I like stopped being able to cry for a while. And I would feel this sadness, but I couldn't express it. And I think that was a defense mechanism. And then like now after, you know, a year after going through the therapy for it, I'm able to cry. And it feels good because my therapist would always say like, it's an emotion and your body like needs to help it move for you to feel better. And it's like when I was, you know, kind of finishing up that therapy, it was really nice because I was also dating at the same time. So it's like every week we would sit down and I'd be like, okay, I went on this date. It was like almost like practice. So I went on this date. This is how my body responded. This is how I felt. And then these are the thoughts I had and she would help me through them. But then towards the end of our sessions together, I actually entered my current relationship, which is a really healthy, loving and supportive one. And the timing couldn't be better. And I remember just like I told him about my experience and he was just so accepting and so loving and supportive. I actually told him I was doing the Zoom call today and he's like, do you want me to be there? I can 
hold your hand while you do it. Like, I know he's the absolute best. And I honestly think if I didn't go through my PTSD therapy, I wouldn't be able to love him and how he deserves and how I'm able to now because now I can fully give myself to this relationship and I can trust men again. And I think that's huge. I mean, things still get hard. I think when I was thinking about filming this, I had to think about my experiences and I felt a little, you know, sad and I do have some triggers still, but I better, I know better now how to like cope with them and process them. And yeah. So, yeah, I think you're a lot of what you were saying too just really reminded me of some of the stuff that, like, it felt very, like, I don't know, it felt very small to me at the time, but like, mm-hmm. really random things. Like, after about like a year or so after it happened, I was like in a chemistry class and my chemistry TA was a guy. And mm-hmm. that, that note of like feeling like you have this like internal, like, overwhelming yep. hatred for men. And like, mm-hmm. I just remember this one lab that I was just, I don't know what it was. And he didn't say anything to me that was offensive or anything, but it was just like, Mm. it was such pent up like anger inside that I literally had to walk out and kind of just like take a breather and just Mm -hmm. kind of remove myself from the room. And it kind of, I think you're so right. Like therapy is one of the best things I think that like victims really need to think about in terms Mm -hmm. of just resources. And I know that that's not something that everyone has access to or like has Mm -hmm. availability with, but I think think I saw a therapist as well after my sexual assault. And I think that was really helpful because he kind of did some similar work that you were talking about. And just like, I had this overwhelming fear for about a year after it happened that I yeah. would see this guy and I, don't, I wouldn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. I remember like, he literally would have me sit and he'd, you know, have me close my eyes and tell me, okay, imagine an instance where you do run into him, where, where mm-hmm. do you think he would be? And I would say, well, I think I'd be somewhere in, you know, on the street in the Greek system because we're both in sororities and fraternities. And so Mm -hmm. I I gave him like a specific street because it was just like, I was like, this would make sense. And then I remember one of my first responses when he was like, okay, he's walking towards you. What do you do? And I literally, my, my first like, response was I'm jumping into a bush like that's what I want to do because <laughs> I'm so scared and it was like mm-hmm. he really had to talk through like no what is it going to be like when you either walk up to him and you approach him or you mm-hmm. simply just walk past him and like it was just such a weird thing because like when I think about it like back then that was such a hard thought to even like work through yeah. a therapist and I think it just like I think for you and I to kind of look back on this and on you know our own experiences and as well as anyone listening that's had their own personal experiences, like, you know, each year that you're kind of choosing you and you're choosing to keep fighting is another mm-hmm. year of growth, no matter exactly. how, how much growth you feel that you've done. I think that it's just mm-hmm. that you're choosing to continually move forward past mm-hmm. this terrible situation that happened and, mm-hmm. you know, not choosing to dwell on it, not choosing to resent them or, you know, mm-hmm. put too much energy towards them but really just saying, how am I going to pick myself up now and move forward and exactly. you know, really being able to focus on you. So what, in terms of like advice, um, aside from like, obviously I think you and I both would highly recommend therapy, but um, mm-hmm. what, what other kind of small things really helped you when some of those days got a little bit tough earlier on? Talking to my friends and believe it or not, talking to my dad. I have a really strong relationship with him. And I think like, 
I'm his, you know, firstborn, I'm his baby girl. So it was hard for him to hear those experiences, but he was really supportive as, yeah, as well as my friends. And I think, um, like you said, just continuing to like choose myself and like make peace with myself. And I think then you start to hit this transformative experience where first I was a victim of sexual assault. Yes, but now I'm a survivor, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm more than a victim and I'm strong and I know that what happened was not my fault yeah so yeah that's so true well Anna thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and thank Mm -hmm. you so much for having such an important conversation and I'm sure that people are really going to gain a lot from this and so I'm going to leave resources in the show notes I'll leave Anna's information in the show notes (laughs) if you ever wanted to reach out to Anna um if you want to just give a quick um explanation as to all your different your titles because I know that people, <laughs> some people might look at that and they may say, what's with all these random letters? But I know you worked, right, very, yeah. worked very hard for them. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just, you know, a random alphabet. Um, I have my master's of special education from the University of Washington, as well as once I got that, I sat for the board exam to become a board certified behavior analyst which is the BCBA. And then the LA, the LBA is in the state of Washington. You also have to apply through the Department of Health to become a licensed behavior analyst. So that's what all those, you know, gibberish letters mean. But essentially, it means I work with amazing kids and amazing families, and they make my day every day. So Well, you are so amazing and I'm so thankful for you and our friendship. And yeah, I will leave all of Anna's information in the show notes. But again, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. A big thank you to Anna for coming on the podcast and just sharing her story as well as her professional insights. It was such a pleasure to have her on the show. I will have her details in the show notes of the episode as well as just more resources for Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month, which is this month, April 2021, when I'm recording this. And so make sure to check those out as as well as my link for Boston Children's Hospital. I am fundraising for my place in the London 2021 Marathon this year. I'm so excited. It's coming up soon and I will be doing more episodes around that coming soon. But yeah, if you have any questions in the meantime, feel free to reach out to me on the podcast Instagram. It's just at Resiliency and Running. But I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye.